let's just spend a minute. Let's spend a minute. Let's spend a minute and a half talking about my favorite social tonic in the world, can. Do you have yours? You have yours in front of me? Because I'm looking at at my blood orange cardamom. Mm. Uh, It's not cardamom. Uh, can is there anything better than cracking open one of these cans after a long arduous day because we work in the field so hard i mean we we, we do we're out there doing manual labor day in picking picking turnips i pick turnips all day long my back is killing me i'm pulling deep from the ground I pick turnips. <laughs> yeah. Um, Elliot is, of course, you know, he's carried around and <laughs> Truffle, uh, truffles. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah with Elliot, Oprah Elliot. and Gail in the woods of Santa Barbara. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, that said, there's nothing better than after a long day sitting down, drinking a can of can, mm. which is, as we all know, two milligrams of THC, four milligrams of CBD, just sitting back and relaxing and watching TV. It's just the best feeling in the world. Delight. Just some low-key, mm-hmm. gruesome murder documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> While sitting back, getting lost in the wave that is can. And it's yes. a wonderful little mental wave that you too can partake in. You can you know, go to the website, Brent. Mm-hmm. Where, where can they find all of this deliciousness? All you, First of all, all you have to do is Google can, two N-C-A-N-N. But also I, their website is drinkcan.com. And so just go to drinkcan.com, find out where you can buy it, buy it online, do whatever you want, but get it in your system. I can't wait for the little powdery things, the crystal light thingies that they have. Yeah, yeah they're pretty cool. To that. Yeah. Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So uh, the playwright David Mamet uh, has become quite an out, uh, outright um, and alt-right, I guess, uh, uh, yeah. uh, advocate. Um, he, he's he's become very right wings uh, basically, and uh, he brought up some really damaging <laughs> uh, uh, rhetoric recently, <clears throat> where he talked about uh, the gay, uh, don't say gay bill, of course, in um, in Florida, um, and how he basically talking about like schools and brought up the term grooming, uh, which we can talk about in a second. But basically, he, he's uh, he's he become a monster mm-hmm. um but you would know him or, or maybe our listeners would know him from some of his famous movies uh glenn gary glenn ross the postman always rings twice the untouchables mm-hmm. um he's written a bunch of i mean he's a, he's a playwright as well but he was on um a fox news show uh life liberty and levin um <laughs> <laughs> talking about don't Boy. say gay. so he said uh, that was like uh, a drag show name or something you know i know it's it like so gnarly yeah it really is but he basically said, he, you know, about don't say gay. Are they abusing the kids physically? No, I don't think so. But they're abusing them mentally. And then he leaned into the most problematic thing that, that affects the, the queer community, which is, he says, quote, this has always been the problem with education is that teachers are inclined, particularly men, because men are predators to pedophilia. So th- um, that, that's like, oh, yeah, let's yeah, let's, let's get into it. That is so wildly out of step with. Yeah. What uh, at what most people think and reality, and I, I I also I mean I of course as we've just as we've alluded to on the podcast before I don't know much about Broadway but I he's one of the names I know because he's yes. so he's legendary yeah. and I just couldn't believe my eyes I, I didn't know he was right wing but you can be right wing and still like 
you know, well, I, I disagree used to with be. He used to be he that. consider himself right wing. He's it's sort know. of it's sort of the the impact of the Trump era, I think, in a lot yes. of ways that people who are traditionally liberal, socially liberal, and I would even say he probably is socially liberal. Um, he they they've with certain things have gone in a direction that now are being sort of attributed to the conservative right, but I don't think they would necessarily consider themselves conservative right. I think they're sort of consider themselves moderate independents. Uh, yeah, you're probably right, but I but but even like even here, I mean, he's basically doing the old. He's bringing up the old adage that like, I mean, this, his connection is essentially is him saying that like, gay teachers. If they're talking about gay stuff and they're a gay teacher, then they might be pedophiles. And he says that's always he says that's always been the problem with education. It's like it it has it has. <laughs> and he says, "Excuse this me, is my, this is my favorite." His quote. He goes. He claims that schools said, "You know what? We have to teach the kids about sex. Why? Because what if they don't do it at home?" And it's like, what schools? First of all, schools can't say that. I don't know what you're talking about. But also, you know, the the idea here is that I, when you were so shocked by it, Brent, I was. I was shocked too that he said it, but it's become, from what I can tell, this like very, very clear like calling card and 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 virtue signaling buzz term to call people uh, pedophiles or, or pro pedophilia yeah. like Marjorie yeah. Taylor Greene did with Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski and Mitt Romney when they voted for um, Judge Jackson. They're, yeah. She's saying they're pro pedophiles. It's like this talk about pedophilia and then also child trafficking has become their entree into these conversations that are so crazy. And his is looping in, lumping in uh, gay men into that that world again. And it, it, it to me, it just freaks me out because I feel like that's an that's old. That was like back then. And we I thought yeah. we were way past that. Yeah. But then here we are. Yeah. I mean, California tried to to ban gay teachers in yes. the, what was it the seventies or eighties? The late seventies, yeah. That's where 70s. the um, Anita Bryant pie in the face video comes from. Mm-hmm. Where it was her campaign in, and that Harvey Milk was sort of leading opposite her a statewide campaign to ban the gay teachers, basically out teachers, and then ban them. And um, there's a famous video that is incredible to watch that you should watch. I'll post it on our Insta of Anita Bryant at a press conference getting hit in the face with a pie by I would love to know why, yeah yeah I would, I would love to know why she that woman was so obsessed with with you know homophobia and then particularly with gay men like well, it i wonder what happened to her that made her so focused on gay guys i think the thing the flip side of it is she wasn't obsessed with gay guys she was obsessed with children which is Uh-oh. and to her the the queer people were the um sort of uh, people going after the children. So she was uh-huh. trying to protect the children. Great. So the obsession comes from the, from her perspective, the obsession comes with protecting the children and this, what David Mamet's saying, which it's still very surprising to hear from David Mamet, but yeah. what he's saying is not a new thing. I mean, this whole idea in politics of protect the children, protect mm-hmm. the weakest oh my in God. society is a, is a rallying cry that both Republicans and Democrats for a very long time have used to, push whatever argument they want to well, to make themselves look the most virtuous. Exactly. Because the children need, they are the future. Yeah. And, <laughs> and this whole idea of sort of using queer people or accusing queer people specifically of being pedophiles, which is often not the case. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I, I believe I'm right in saying that oftentimes statistically pedophiles are straight men who are who are identifying as pedophiles and yeah it's it's a, it's a bizarre but not bizarre it's 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 a 
it's a gross but like understandable way for people to twist or exactly. to use homophobia. You know, it's yeah. it's it's an interesting offshoot. Um, it's an interesting point of contention that the religious right doesn't approve of talking about yes. of of sex in schools because I would, on the one hand, I feel like, uh, like, wouldn't you? They're so uncomfortable. Yes. When they talk about sex, like, wouldn't you rather the teacher? Yes, exactly. Show your kid how to put a condom on. Of course, a lot of them don't believe in condoms. So, you know, that is that is its own problem. But like, I, I don't know. It just it always strikes me as a little bit strange that 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 sex ed becomes so contentious. At all. I couldn't agree more. Yep. That's and, they, the and, and that's yes, that's the thing. They don't want it at all. But then they say then then in this argument they're saying they're going to learn about it at home we don't need it in school and it's like so what do you, what is it that you want in terms of like big government do you want overreach do you want nothing at all like yeah. uh, uh it's, and- it's also it's also funny because i look i am not the most i mean look i'm not elliot glazer i'm not the most sexually uh, adventurous and comfortable person in the world but like i at least have like <laughs> i've had uh, you know a, a number of encounters and i know the basics, I, literally the, like the ideal evangelical Christian wants their kid to know fundamentally nothing about sex. Yeah. And they fumble into, uh, you know, putting their dick in their wife's vagina on their honeymoon. And ideally they start having kids shortly thereafter. And that's like, that's, the perfect world for an evangelical Christian. I just yeah. find that so strange. Even though these adults at one point were <clears throat> children, and we all know that children and the teenagers are obviously interested in, in sex and exploring, and that the more you keep them from, the more you try to shield them from it, the more interested they are in it. That's just, mm-hmm. the, that's the well, nature. See, they of would us. argue, they would argue that's not happening. It's not the case because of the way they're raising their children. That Right, which is... That, you know, Trash. and they think that argument of children will be this way anyway is a liberal argument of people who are sexually promiscuous. And in fact, if you teach your kids, you know, to not do that and they will lead a prosperous, biblically healthy sexual virtuous. lifestyle, <laughs> yeah, virtuous, sure. virtual well, sexual lifestyle. Yeah, I just know that, like, I also had read an article in the an op-ed in the Times by Frank Bruni, and he was he he calls this. Um, I love a Frank Bruni. Yeah, he's me too. Guy. Yeah, he, I like his writing. He's calling it vintage, <laughs> vintage nostalgia. Hey, it's Elliot. Sorry for the interruption. I meant to say vintage homophobia, not vintage nostalgia. Oops, you get it. Bye. Which is exactly the words that I had been. Which is exactly the feeling that I've been having. See, like I really couldn't believe at first that we were sort of re-entering this in an age of like you know, diversity and, and, and like, you know, cancel culture, accountability. I couldn't believe that we've been re-entering the same sort of language, but like it, it is back and, and, and they're, they've, you know, they've sort of edited a little bit, but they talk about grooming and, uh, yeah. but to mm-hmm. your point, um, uh, Sarah, to, I forget whose point it was, but basically, uh, probably Laura, mine, probably yours. Yeah. <laughs> Laura Ingram who's a true monster, whose gay brother calls her a monster, says now on her show, when did our public schools or any schools become uh, grooming centers for gender identi- identity radicals? Yeah. And Sarah, Sarah Gonzalez, <laughs> who hosts a show on, I guess, Blaze TV, which I think is Glenn Beck's whatever oh, YouTube. Boy. Anyway, there was a video of Chastin Buttigieg speaking to kids at a, at a queer summer camp, and she tweeted that Pete Buttigieg's husband is a groomer. So, she's just, yeah. so that woman just made... Literally, it's just like gay guy grooming children. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah. very dangerous and it's really yeah. disgusting. And 
it, it, it I, I, again, like you, I, I'm, I'm so gonna, freaked out that it's back and that David Mamet. Well, but you I'm shouldn't talking. be freaked out that it's back because, I mean, yes, you should be. But also, if you take a step back and you look at the calendar and you see, oh, this is an election year, a very big election year that Republicans could take back both the House and the Senate. Why are they doing this now? Because it polarizes people into voting a particular way so that in November, when the midterms happen, they will then vote Republican who are saving the children, quote unquote, that they're trying to say, and that they will then win back the House and the Senate and be able to stop Joe Biden from doing whatever he's his what what he wants to do. So there's a reason why this is happening now and not in 2020, mm. December after the election. It's because they yeah. want to rile the base, which mm. is politics. Mm. Right. It's just disgusting. It really is like repugnant and that the fact then like unfortunately that doesn't make me feel better that makes me feel worse because it's like oh cool so they calculated and strategized mm -hmm. a way to throw gay guys under the bus throw queer people under the bus like just to fuck with just to fuck with yeah. people mm -hmm. you watch how many of these how many of these stories will you read in right a year february of 2023 right probably not many they'll be back in 2024 but not in 2023 yeah Ugh, yuck. Well, let's just hope Caitlyn Jenner throws her ring, throws her hat back in the ring so she can <laughs> change things. Not even joking. Our guest today is someone that I'm dying to have make my voicemail message. I want him to read it. <laughs> I love his voice. Ron Funches. Ron, hello. Hi. Hello. Oh my hey, Your voice is heavenly. It is what I, it's like a hug. Your voice is an actual hug. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because I get annoyed by it and sometimes wish it was like someone's deep radio voice. You know? <laughs> now, what do kids? Do your kids love your voice? Like, are, are they really? Are no, you good at like storytelling? Son, uh -huh. No, not at all. My son does it. My son thinks I'm an old man who's obsolete. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, an obsolete Wait, man! How old is your son now? I, I you, he will be 19 on Saturday. <gasps> Oh, Whoa, wow. Oh. oh, my God. Is he doing college or gap year or not interested? Uh, he graduated from high school and now he goes to my son has, is on the autism spectrum. And so he's going to this place called Lomans, where mm. they teach him some um, life skills, how to live on his own a little bit better. He's got a oh. job. He's working at a, a um, food a food bank. And so yeah. he's, oh, nice. he's got That's a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That's such a wonderful is, thing. Uh, really. Moments is, is, is also the name of a uh, uh, obsolete department store that Jewish women <laughs> loved in New York. <laughs> I grew up I grew up in the in the in the piles of clothing that my grandmother was. What, what <laughs> is it about? Through. I think it's my, the same place. Yeah, yeah same place. <laughs> De department stores are so important to to uh, uh, not to stereotype, <gasps> but uh -oh, to women. I know. I know. Uh oh, uh oh. I thought oh, you were going to say was, Jews. No, yeah. no, no. No, but like, because my mom, like the institution that she cares about most in the world is the health of the department store. Mm. She's afraid that they're all going to like go out of really? business and she'll have nowhere to go Christmas shopping. I mean, Target yeah. is the new department store. Target, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I mean, I do think, I do think a Macy's is nice to walk through because there's so much shit to look at and like, you know, you, you, don't ties, you, can look at you don't have popcorn and ices. That's, That's what true. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. True. You walk through the Target here in Hollywood at Hollywood and Western or Sunset and Western. And that is almost better than a Macy's. You get the popcorn, you get a nice clothing section, great bed section. Mm -hmm. Ron, what, what, is, what is like your retail? What is like your retail go to store if you're going to go somewhere? 
Oh, I don't really have one, I would say. I mean, mostly it's just Amazon. We do a lot of Amazon, yeah. too much Amazon, <laughs> right. for sure. But I kind of pride myself. I love doing, like, I love going on Instagram and finding little boutique shops or, yeah. like, thrift stores and just finding um, or even just finding little online stores that not that many people know about and yeah. finding clothes that way. I really like that type of stuff. That's yeah. Um, I, 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 I've grown to love a flea market. I remember New York always had a number of stores like that where they were like, someone would be like, Oh, there's a store in the West village. That's just buttons. <laughs> and, yeah. And then right down the street from Rafifi, there was a store that just oh, did stamps. stamps. They just the did stamps. store in New York. They had like thousands yes. of rubber stamps. Yes, and it's owned, it, it's owned by this like old Scottish guy. Who's like always drunk uh, and, and always there. T- He'd be there at 10 o'clock. <laughs> but he, cause that's because he opened at 1 PM. Oh, <laughs> It's the best place to get gifts. Wait, Ron, yeah, I have to ask you then. So like you're you're back on the road touring for post pandemic, I guess. And there's mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably more and more tour dates for you now. Like, do you visit any sort of like smaller shops when you're touring? Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I that's pretty much my my routine when I go to a new city. I yeah. usually travel with the same people. So my friend Gabe usually wants to go to a comic book store. Uh, I will t- my son will always request that I go to a local video game store and find uh-huh. some retro games for him. And then I will find like a local thrift shop or something like that. Oh, I'll tell you the nice. best place that I've ever gone thrift shopping for fun clothes, especially like because I like a lot of older hip hop related items and clothes. But was when I went to Tokyo, they got oh, so wow. much. Really? Like, yes. Yeah. I saw a video on it once. So much vintage shopping there. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Really good vintage shopping there. It's really. If you that ever does, get a but chance. that does feel like your like your clothing vibe does that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like happy, happy, like happy, but like unique clothing. That's that. That feels like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little pops of color. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do what's, what's what's your favorite city to like when you do or when you tour and everything what's like your favorite where's your favorite place to go um my favorite places are denver and seattle and um, mm. i love going back to portland even though this last time it made me a little sad because there was mm-hmm. a lot of things boarded up and downtown and everything yeah. it was really sketchy and i saw a, a couple yeah. and the guy was walking with his lady and the lady was pushing a stroller with their kid and he just tells her shut the fuck up punk I thought I was like, wow, she's not even a bitch to you. Like, that's crazy. Like, (laughs) there is something happening in Oregon politically that is just something's changing in the state. It's very strange what's going on in Portland or in Oregon, I should say. I don't know. Yeah, when was when was that, Ron? Was that recently? It was very recently. It was last month. Um, wow, it's still boarded up. Everything's still boarded up in Portland. It is downtown. A lot of things boarded up. Um, yeah. Just a lot of, yeah, it's just a little bit sketchy over there. It makes me sad. Wow. Uh, but I still keep going, hopefully. Yeah. Help down there. Portland has um, the most strip clubs of any city in the United States. That's that right. Is a, that, that is, is a that fact. Is yeah. I, there's even one that my friend went to that I'm dying to go to where you, it's like amateur stripping that you can go and just strip. Oh. want to strip well count me out of that <laughs> Ellen, how much do you love coffee it seems like you love coffee oh i lot. love coffee you see my display behind me yeah. i do love coffee a lot yes i do oh yeah. i literally am a barista over here 
<laughs> wait, wait, Alan, wait, can I ask uh, the do it yourself strip club? Do you want to go because you want to strip or you want oh, I would strip. you want I would amateur strip. strippers? No, I would fully strip. I would do it. I would do what I need to do to protect because when I travel, I'm I'm all in. Like if yeah. I have to do something to be like a local or to experience something that is unique yeah. in that city, I am game. I will eat it. I will get yeah. naked for it. I will do anything I need to do to experience. Yeah. That's how I ended up eating horse in Japan. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really upset because I was like, now I, I like horse a little bit. What yeah. was it like? I can't go back home and eat horse. It's not it's frowned upon. What was it uh, like? It was, I would say it was a lot like roast beef. Oh wow, roast, roast beef. beef. I'm surprised Arby, Arby's hasn't offered a, a horse sandwich yet. But you know, it's funny <laughs> you say that, Ron. Wait, wait, isn't that called horsey sauce or something? Yeah, but that yeah. it's just it's just mayonnaise oh. with horseradish sauce. It's funny <laughs> you say that because I was at a restaurant recently and I overheard someone at the table next to me say they had had a horse recently and they fucking loved it. They thought it was really oh. good. I don't know it if it was I a real surprise. Horse. I didn't I mean, think I could either. It went right. We first I saw it at the sushi place, just over a plate of rice, and I was me and my wife were like, "Ah ha ha! Look at this! We're never yeah. gonna eat horse. This is gross." And then we went on a food tour, and then like you said, if you hand me something, I yeah. was just gonna eat it. Yeah. They didn't tell us what it was until we yeah. ate it, and then they were like, "It was horse," and I was like, oh, I, see, like "I like it. <laughs> I like that's, horse." <laughs> that's it, though. Like not knowing what you're about to get into and just going blindly yeah. into it, like that. That I'm always game for because you just mm-hmm. you know. You live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Have to. You can learn new things. You gotta learn to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Definitely. Yeah. Well, how comfortable were you recently on um a celebrity family feud? Oh, I was pretty comfortable. I was mostly just <laughs> nervous about my family saying silly things that would make me look bad. But <laughs> yeah, I'd be I would be too. I was a little bit worried about that. My sister said something uh, that I was. We'll just go through it. I won't say whether we won or lost, but this was the question. I'll let you guys play along with me. Okay, here we go. You let you play along with me. We (laughs) asked a hundred married women, and then Steve repeats, "Married women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A king sits on his throne. Your husband sits on blank." Oh, recline. His ass. Oh. ass. Great answer. Great answer. Any His other ass? The, to- the toilet. I would say the toilet. Oh, the toilet. Yeah. Great answer. Fun. Good answer. Yeah. Elliot. Alan, you said, yeah, like a chair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, his ass. I mean, it's yeah, his ass. Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, that's the that's the joke answer that they clearly want, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. My sister goes. His throne as well, Steve. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that so it, though, great. That, like whenever you're with your family, I think I have this too. My family came out to Los Angeles to visit me for like something. And there was like a filming thing involved. And I do because my family aren't TV people. They're not people who are on camera. And so I'm on one hand, very protective of them. So, cause I don't want them to look bad, but on the other hand, I really don't want them to make me look bad because I know <laughs> that I know they can be dumb sometimes in a most loving, beautiful way. And it's yeah. it, it can be stressful. It can be. But I think um, one of my favorite parts, especially I think since we all work in the business, you kind of have to like put some of that like exuberance away sometimes right you can't mm-hmm. be like oh i'm so excited to be here you look you look silly sometimes yeah, yeah. but i love that i can 
do that for my family and have my sister and my mom be like, oh, we know, I'm so excited. And then they get yeah. a check and they're like, we got paid for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you included them on other stuff that you've done? Um, my mom went on at midnight with me, but that's been, <laughs> that was about it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, by the way, quick side note, I watch Family Feud from time to time, and it's one of these shows that seems uh, like fun and easy. And it's especially if you get to be in the last thing where you, you know, you go whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fast it money. That's like it's fucking tough. Yeah. Sometimes they give you 20 seconds and he's talking for like eight of those seconds. Yes. So no. you have like a second to answer each one of these things. It's it's really tough. <laughs> yeah. When I went, I tell you right now, I'm not funny. I'm not funny on the show at all. Cause I yeah. I'm here. I'm here to compete. Yeah. I'm here to compete <laughs> and to answer these questions. I was right. coming you, to win. Do you like game shows? I do. I love game shows. See, I every morning, every morning I start my morning with CBS this morning because I love my Gail King and (laughs) it transitions from it. And this is the one fault of CBS. It transitions at 9 a.m., which is a very early hour for me. It transitions from CBS this morning to Wayne Brady's Let's Make a Deal. And oh, no. It is the most jarring, screaming, the music, the music. Mm -hmm. It's just too much in the morning. Save it for a post The View. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah. too much in the morning, but I do I love game that. shows. Yeah, I get that. It's, not, it's a lot like here. It's taking all this information and sorrow and pain. And yeah. then they go like, and what's behind door number two? It's a hard left turn. But <laughs> I love me. Yeah, I, I, I would love to host a game show. I, I mean, I almost mm. hosted the dream a, 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 like a. Wipeout style show with Bobby Moynihan, but then we gave a lot of people uh, diarrhea. Whoa. Oh, oh, I heard about this. Wait, Talk what about happened? happened? Well, we were shooting this show where they shoot the Mandalorian, and it's a lot of hills and, and dustiness and farmland, and I guess a lot of parasites. And they got oh. into the water <gasps> and they gave 40 people diarrhea, which they felt was too many people. <laughs> but I feel if you've got a water park, you're gonna give people diarrhea. Yeah, normal. (laughs) But then I also found I talked to one lady um, who was on the show recently. I just ran into her, and she said she had to go to the hospital twice. So, oh my god! Oh my god! God. I mean, I was I was gonna say some of us have had diarrhea every day for the last fifteen years, but that sounds like a little (laughs) bit more severe than usual. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My favorite the sentence that I will recall because I was so lucky they. They didn't let us go down the slides as hosts. And I was so mad, Bobby. And but I was so mad about it. But it turned out to be the best oh, thing in the world. Yeah. God. That so she is, goes, uh, I she's be... like, it was the only time in her life where she, she was like, I she was, I legitimately considered wearing a diaper because I just uh, couldn't control wow. it. I... Uh, <laughs> oof, oof, that would oof. stress me out so much that like wearing like, a diaper well no not wearing a diaper that would probably stress me out too. i think it could like, be a good look for you yeah. i think so too i think i could look like a little baby i mean i'm fat yeah. enough to be cute so it would be, be a nice beautiful nice little look on me but no like to be the face of a show to be hosting a show right and then to have like 40 people get diarrhea and you're hosting this fun game show oh that would stress me out too much because all those 40 people whenever they poop are going to associate diarrhea with 
with you know the hosting of the show. It's too much yeah. for me. It would be too. I much. like yeah, that. Yeah. That makes me a household name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Into that, if every time you got diarrhea, you thought of oh my me. God. That's fine. You could do commercials yeah. for like Pepto. You could be the new nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Oh, those are <laughs> yeah, those the are emphasis on the diarrhea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, so wait, Ron, you be, I I knew I knew you had a son, um, but you became a, a dad pretty pretty young, and you were doing. Had you even started stand up yet, or you had started stand up? And no, I had my son. I had just turned twenty years old. I was a month oh, into wow. being twenty, which I remember uh, in my head being like, "Oh my god, I'm just happy. I'm not a teenage dad. I'm twenty. <laughs> I'm twenty, and that's an adult." And, so, oh my god. <laughs> um, and no, I I didn't start comedy until my son was about three. It took me. Yeah. Um, having him and then I went and like worked at a bank call center and stuff and was yeah. just trying to be real real professional and normal and and then found out my son had autism it kind of just lit a fire under me that I needed to have a real career mm-hmm. um, and this was the only thing that I knew I you know and someone had you know told me like when you choose a career choose something that you're willing to start at the bottom of that it doesn't mm-hmm. bother you to start at the bottom mm-hmm. and I'd always any other job I had I just I my wife to now to this day she goes like you just don't if you don't respect someone it shows and so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and I would not respect a lot of my bosses and a lot of things and it yeah. would just show and I'd end up getting fired um so comedy was the only thing I knew I, w- I would be okay starting at the bottom at and I was uh very a lot of hard work and but yeah. very fortunate and lucky that it worked out so I have a question for you I um you know your son is 19 mm-hmm. he is like every 19 year old, he's probably rebelling a little bit against his parents. Does he ever come to shows and is he supportive of you or is he kind of like over it when he thinks about like you as a performer? Yeah, it's a mix of the two. He'll come to shows, but he, he certainly is over it. He will come to a show, go into the green room, pull his laptop out and just lay on the couch so that no one else can sit there and (laughs) just order some food and just stay on his laptop. And then, uh, and then sometimes it it will piss me off because he'll be like, watching other people like youtube comedians and stuff and right. i'm like i'm doing a i'm doing show it right now. <laughs> actually doing comedy here yeah yeah, yeah. Not that is wonderful I, I remember i remember years ago i worked with a guy in livonia in livonia michigan and he was at he was at like a touring headliner funny guy but he was like my son is 15 and all my son ever says is you're not funny and he says so and so on tv or whatever is funny yeah. and it always kind of like it always kind of hurt my heart a little bit to think like i mean this guy knew obviously it's his son his son's rebelling whatever but you know he's a touring comedian he's making people laugh for a living and his son is telling him you're useless <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. i think that's what kids are there for yeah. to remind you that you're gonna die uh but yeah. my- <laughs> Son, definitely. I remember to this day, there's just this one time I was on the show called Undateable and and my son just quoted it. He was just like, oh, something about he's like, oh, these pretzels. And I was like, you weren't watching the show. Yeah, yeah like, right. They, so they secretly things. love they secretly. And the other thing that like I think would blow me away is like what we said at the beginning, that you have such a, a distinguishable, distinguishable voice that people can recognize you from your voice. And you do a lot of voice work on like, mm-hmm. you know, Bojack Horseman and the Puss in Boots. You do a lot of different voice work. Like, do people recognize you from your voice? And 
has like your son ever just watching something randomly then heard something heard your voice on a voiceover and was like oh that's dad wow yeah yeah that happens because i don't always tell him the things i'm in um and you know if it's something that he's into then he'll get excited like i remember one time he just came up to me and was like daddy's in adventure time and i was like <laughs> yeah yeah that's me yeah i did yeah. <laughs> uh so it's pretty cool and 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 i just love voice acting though in general it lets me be a kid lets me be silly there's such a range between like you know the most adult cursing comedies like harley quinn where i'm king shark or or just doing things for i'm doing like the old those old books those old like uh children's books the frog and the toad i'm gonna be yeah character in that and and it's stuff like that where i'm like man i love it that i can kind of like catch people when they're kids and then also yeah. be there later in their life with my stand up and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. um, I, do, I just like having fun. I don't like being, yeah. I talked, I, I recently interviewed um, Yardley Smith for something who does Lisa Simpson. And oh, she, she was oh talking, about, she was talking about that, about how, like how great it is that you can do this voice work and kind of always stay young for the people listening yeah. and, and yet still go off and do all the creative things that like you would personally want to be doing with stand-up or whatever right. it is and it's it seems like a really nice gig but also like a really rewarding gig in a lot of ways mm-hmm. yeah i think it's the it's like the closest thing i do to real work you know where yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like oh i'm gonna go do this every day for an hour or two hours but that's what i even like is like one of my favorite things about just even working in this industry is that there's no nine to five. There's no set hours. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Oh, when we're done, we're done. If you finish, if you finish in 40 minutes, you're finished in 40 you're minutes. Done. Yeah. And I, 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 I always hated busy work. I always hated that. Like, Oh, if you got yeah. time to lean, you got time to clean, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron, you're, you're such a delight. Uh, also, such a funny guy as a stand-up. Oh, I encourage all of our listeners to come see you and on tour. But in the meantime, where can people find you uh, on the internet? Yeah, I mean, most everything is just Ron Funches. If you like Twitch and video games like I do, you go to twitch.tv, Ron underscore Funches, and do that. I'm Yeah, I'm getting ready to go on a summer tour. Awesome. Uh, so I'll be going everywhere. Just go to ronfunches.com to check that out. I'm in that Netflix festival, L.A. at the Troubadour on the Cinco de Mayo. Nice. Uh, and then lastly, um, I got a new show coming out on Apple where I'm Maya Rudolph's cousin and a yes. new show called Loot. <laughs> And it's my Rudolph. It's uh, Michaela J. Rodriguez. It's Joe Kim Booster. It's not Faxon. It's me. It's a great fucking cast. I hope people check uh, it out. That's 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 great. That's great. Congratulations, they Ron, will. and thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's always a pleasure. It's just good to see you all. It's yeah. and, you know, some new friends, even though we met once before, <laughs> Alan. Yes, and right. then Elliot. Always been a fan of you and your work online. You're such such oh, a charming gentleman, and and so funny oh, online. You. And Brand, you know, I have loved you for years. You're so you're fucking very, funny, you're man. Very kind. You're very so. kind. Thanks, Ron. And another thing. So I wanted to have an in-depth and frank discussion about pornography. Uh, Me. So, (laughs) no thanks. Um, (laughs) I, you know, I I join a lot of OnlyFans pages at this point. It's become like my number three expense for the month. And (laughs) a lot.
lot of these. Really? I, you I, spend I, like, that much on it? No, no, no he not. doesn't. No, he oh. doesn't. Not that much. Not you that think much. Brent's going to spend an, that much money on OnlyFans? Yeah. <laughs> You're an avid porn user, though, at this point, I would I, say, I, right? I, Balanced. This, yeah, I'm, I'm back to being an avid porn user. Um, but does, and... it feel, does it feel like you're in control? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Good, good. I want to see who uh, you subscribe to on OnlyFans. Well, you'll never find out. Thank you very much. Um, that said, a, a lot of these guys that I follow are straight. And one guy recently, he he had a poll on his feed. He's being like, you know, just curious. You know, not that I care at all. How many of you guys are men, and how many of you are women? And I was thinking like, dude, like this, this guy's like thinking like, oh, maybe it's 50, 50. (laughs) It was like 97% men. And then like 3% women. (laughs) Right. And it it just made me laugh because it's like this, this was like, you know, uh, not that women can't be attracted to this. I'm not saying that, but like, he was just like a really ripped dude who posted solo jerk off vids. And I'm like, I just feel like this is not conventionally what I think of as like ideal porn for women. But that said, I decided to kind of delve into the statistics behind porn consumption differences between men and women, Mm -hmm. because it's not like women do consume less porn than men. That is objectively uh, the truth. Statistically, statistically, yes. Uh, But it's not like women don't look at porn. Um, So I, I decided to kind of scroll through some studies to see what, what the differences might be. And it was actually kind of a fun exercise because I had to like, <laughs> I had to like sift through a bunch of studies from like Christian right wing, right wing organizations. <laughs> and like, there was a study from like a BYU, like a Brigham Young university a professor porn? about porn. And I was like, I don't wow. know if I trust this guy. God love him. Wow. I just was like BYU. I just, I don't know. Great school, but I don't know if I trust them on my porn studies. That said, I found some interesting stats that I thought are worth discussing. Public um, universities only. <laughs> yeah, right. Popular sites like Pornhub claim about one third of their visitors are women, and that share is growing. OnlyFans claims 10% of users are female. Uh, women who look at porn believe it actually helps their sex life and allows them to orgasm faster and more intensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, another random study said 90% of men and 60% of women have used porn in the last month. Um, and according to porn, Pornhub, women search for the following terms the most, lesbian, Japanese, threesome. Uh, but that wasn't much different than men's. <laughs> Their so favorites specific. were, men's favorites were Japanese, amateur, and mature. <laughs> mature. Uh, Mature. Yeah, mature. Yeah. It's oh, wow. Me that too. surprises me. Yeah. According to Pornhub. I mean, I mean, it's not like well, they have Pornhub statisticians. Be, but no, Pornhub would be a great indicator of what people yeah. are looking for and searching for because, I mean, I think the majority of porn video consumption is probably starts there at the very least. The, the mature? other thing. Well, mature. I don't know if it starts at mature, but that surprises oh, me oh. that it's mature. I, I mean, that, that, that bodes well for my future of getting older. I think maybe <laughs> people will find me attractive. <laughs> the other thing that I'll say about female porn consumption is that uh, it, it sounds strange to say, because I talk about porn a lot, but my female friends will rarely mention looking at porn, even when I know they do. And it's always a little, like, it's always a little surprising when I hear a female friend of mine be like, oh, I was looking at porn yesterday yeah uh they don't usually say that was looking at porn and masturbating but obviously that's what you do when you look at porn and it's just it's just i don't know i i think that's sort of yeah i have a similar patriarchy you know it's this it's just like slight surprise um alan what about you have you have you noticed the same thing 
Amongst female friends? Yeah. I haven't really, because I honestly, I mean, I talk with my female friends about porn consumption, but the majority of them aren't really watching porn. Right. From what I know, I mean, I could be wrong. Like they could not be telling me, but I would think that they would tell me because you know I I will tell them, or if I'll share something funny. Like, I mean, I often am sharing something ridiculous that I find either. <laughs> not with Coco. No, not with Coco. But like, because <laughs> Coco is a a, a family friend, of mine, <laughs> right. much much older than me, and I'm not sharing porn clips <laughs> with her, Elliot. <laughs> but with with my contemporaries. I, I would feel fine too. I just, we don't really, we don't really have those conversations and that's yeah. what makes me think they're not really watching that much porn. What, one of the, the other thing, the last little anecdote I want to share is that uh, we all had a, a, a very, very dear friend in New York um, who was a great comedian and she, of course, shall remain nameless. But she was, oh, I think, in this I don't scheme. Think you said, I don't think you were referring that she's dead. And I was like, no, 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 no. she's just nameless. What, I mean, I'm not, not going to out her. I'm not going to out her on this. <laughs> but she was, you know, I think in the scheme of our, of our friends, she was actually fairly religious. Um, she seemed kind of fairly buttoned up. She dressed fairly conservatively. And one day at a party, she mentioned loving porn and like watch and like watching a lot of porn. And I remember finding just being astonished that this this person you know loving that she was into it i mean there was no judgment obviously but it 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 blew me away it blew me away this very religious very buttoned up for new york city standards i would say person was like oh i love this kind of porn i watch that all the time and i was like wow well that is that i it's i know this the person too and i can't i still couldn't believe it when you said so I'm yeah. trying to remember who you're talking about. Well, I haven't we'll given say, well, you any details. I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> I'll well, tell you after we record. I mean, I feel like I'll know when you say it, but I, yeah, I'm not, it's not, I mean, I don't know. I find porn to be so just sort of universally a good thing for a lot of people. I mean, it can, yeah. it can get out of hand, I think, but yeah. like, and, you know. And it has for me. Yeah, general. but like, I, I, uh, yes, I, I think that it, you know, can yeah. be a thing for, yeah. especially for women too. I think, and I think Minx, the show Minx on HBO is doing sort of like diving into that idea of women liking pornographic things and being able to use them as a tool to get off and to yeah. you know, get turned on. And maybe not necessarily because when you said that, you know, people look at porn to masturbate, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think a lot of people look at porn to get turned on in oh, order sure. to do a sexual activity. And oh, I, okay. I would I would think that women and I don't have, I have no experience with this, but they would probably use it to get turned on to do an activity sure. than necessarily masturbate. Although I'm sure they're masturbating to it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's a, that's a very fair point. And the final curveball in all of this, our dear friend who we've, we've uh, teased relentlessly for being unhinged <laughs> does not like porn. Elliot doesn't really watch a lot of porn. Wait, right now. No. You had you had porn saved on a like. He, he did. He has I remember drive. you freaked out about. It. Yeah, I thought I lost, lost it all because it. it was like in the cloud or something. Yeah, yeah. I just I just find it kind of like um, I don't not like use it or look at it. I just it's a means to an end. I find it kind of silly. I do think it's silly. Yeah. How do you jerk uh, off then? Yeah, to porn if I need to, I guess. Oh, if he needs to, if he hasn't met a man. It's just like, it's just very silly. And like, I guess my taste is is very, I mean, honestly, like, I don't have a very distinctive, like, thing that I need. You're watching BBC porn? 
Yeah. What porn? PBC? <laughs> BBC. BBC. Oh. See, that term I also think is so no, no, uncommon. No, no, I'm I- the British Channel is what I'm remembering. Oh, 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 like high class porn. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't want about BBC porn. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I just think it's all, I just think it's like, I, I think it serves a purpose. I guess I just th- find it to be silly. And not in a way where it's like I'm above it. I just think yeah, most no, of it I is, get is that. silly, it's and I, silly, I was always turned contrived. off by like um, always so turned off by like Sean Cody and mm. these like oh, very I loved Sean Cody. no, but I know I think a lot of people did, and I was always just like it seems very fake. I mean, you're watching it happen, but yeah. the guys all seemed very disinterested in each other. Like yeah, there was something about it. One hundred percent correct. There is there. You're, yes, you're fully correct, but I also think. <laughs> And this goes back to like, I think gay men wanting to have those straight male fantasies. And I do think part of why Sean Cody is so popular is because they do seem so disassociated from it that yeah. almost it's almost hot to watch them doing that for money. Oh, that's so boring because, to me. Because, but, yeah. I, but I think it has a lot to do with like, you know, yeah. self-inflicted homophobia and all yeah. kinds of other things that are a part yeah. of that. But I think that's part of it. Yeah. Oh, Ellie, how, how often do you look at porn? I don't want to answer that question, uh, Brent. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I love that you try to try to seamlessly Wait, sneak it, it in. The, the, I think it's a like, normal question. Yeah, I think it's actually a perfect. I think that's a normal question. Uh, considering that you were about to go down a BBC path, I do yeah. think that. And you said per- you don't even use it much. Yeah, yeah not, I, I look know, at I would often. say I look at porn every other day, every every two yeah. to three days these days. I would say the same for me, probably. It's it's I don't know, it's a it's a it's a useful tool for just you know getting yeah. moving on in your day. Yeah, I understand and I understand like people using it as like a I I mean people use it for sure as a like a preamble, like a what's what's it called foreplay video, whatever. Yeah, which yeah. I also understand, but I genuinely I would honestly say like every two weeks. Maybe. No. Yeah. Yeah. Every two weeks, See, maybe. He, I, th- that's sort of what I suspected. That Elliot is not me. a huge porn fan. It's, it's just. Yeah. And, and you know what, Elliot? We love and support that. <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Uh, I, I didn't listen to this episode. I was too busy watching Blaze TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, my aunt would say, uh, you should hear David Mamet talk about Israel. I'm not gonna get started. <laughs> Just look it up. Uh, how about Aunt Anne? Aunt Anne would say, I, li- I watch a little bit of unconventional porn myself. Chocolate Melton. I love to watch chocolate <laughs> melt. Not on anything, just chocolate melt. <laughs> she loves a fondue. I love that. I love a fondue, by yeah. the way. Yeah, but you don't jerk off to it. <laughs> no, that's correct. That is right. You're absolutely right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. Thank you so much for listening. I am Brent Sullivan. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm HL and Scott. Oh, leave a rating up. and review. Leave a rating and review. Yeah, leave a rating and review, please. Jesus, come on.